Hello and welcome to Postcards from Antioch, a teaching and training podcast provided by Barton Church. I'm Oz, your host, and today we're with Nicole, who'll be taking us through this topic of the mission of God, all about what it means to live out uh, our opportunity to be witnesses of the good news of Jesus and really what that looks like. So, Nicole, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on this, what the Bible says on this, but a quick hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. I'm a little bit sleepy this morning, actually, so I'm I'm kind of hoping what's going to come out of my mouth makes sense, but if it doesn't, we'll, we'll just roll with it, you know? <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay, actually. Yeah, I'm feeling mm. fairly awake, and um, oh, good. So maybe my uh, my ability to feel awake will counter your sleepiness, and we'll, oh my gosh, we'll, I hope we'll both so. be, yeah, I'll be tired by the end, and you'll be more awake. There we go. Yeah, I'll be energised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, yeah, great. Well, I thought, actually, um, if you don't mind me just stealing the, uh, the hosting bit off you, um, I thought maybe we could start by just broadly chatting about mission and our experience, because, like, um, this is something that I care quite a lot about. Um, I'm energized by it. Um, and it's, it's what I did like some of my study on. So I, I looked at like mission and the spirituality of mission. Um, I mean, obviously, as you well know, because um, you were there every step of the way when I was like, oh, it's laws, I've learned this, I've learned this. Um, because it's also something that you really care about and you've you studied as well, right? Yeah, definitely. And I was thrilled by the fact that this was a, a subject that that really took your attention and your time during your training. And certainly, mission is one of those words, isn't it, that we use a lot, but often it's it's maybe misunderstood. And mm. uh, I'm sure we're going to unpack some of, of what mission means today and what the Bible says about mission. But my experience of it uh, has always been through the local church, through a church growing up that was very much passionate about mission, uh, world mission, maybe less practically living out what local mission looked like for the Mm. church, but certainly in the preaching and the teaching, the heart of God for the whole world, um, meeting the needs of the individual, spiritually, socially, justice, all these areas. And as I, uh, yeah, I, I guess experienced life in the local church growing up, I was led to all nations where uh, more specifically, the focus of mission training was with a cross-cultural angle, mm. but also uh, touching on huge topics to do with injustice and poverty and um, the, the, the issues around our world. So God's heart for people, the individual, for systems to, to be transformed. And where that all goes has been a part of my thinking, theology, biblical reading over the years. And of of course, we can't forget your your mission to the dolphins um, as we explore in the introductory oh, session. Exactly. Uh, you know, dolphins need saving. Um, do. Don't drop any litter or whatever the saying goes. No. Yes, I, I've experienced lots of different um, trips overseas, one of which was indeed to the Indian Ocean where wonderful dolphins uh, <laughs> swim along the shoreline. And I made the most of that, as I'm sure you would, Nicole, had you been there. You'd have been jumping off that boat and swimming amongst dolphins too. Oh, a hundred percent. I I don't I don't fault you for it. I um yeah, it sounds incredible. I'm not actually a big swimmer. I actually I don't really like the water. I'm very much a what? land mammal. Um, did oh you not know gosh. this? I didn't, I didn't know uh, that. No. Yeah, the, the the setting needs to be right for me to want to swim. Actually, mm. so it needs mm. to be a really warm day for an outdoor pool. I'm up for that. Or uh, not British seaside, but yeah, Mediterranean, Indian Ocean, warm, hot, 
And if there's dolphins, turtles, coral, yes, I'm I'm all there. Oh wow! Well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it does sound very idyllic. I have to say, yeah, I'm, I am I am very jealous. A lot of the ribbing comes from from deep stem jealousy of the fact that you got to do this. <laughs> um, Okay, well, let's let's dive into some submission. Um, so yeah, as as you've kind of already said, um, we are often quite familiar with the term mission, um, and we're going to re-examine it today. And obviously, we're not going to cover everything. Um, there's just yeah, so much to unpack. Um, but we're just going to look at it from the perspective of this phrase, "mission of God." Um, so the big question of what is God's mission. Um, because it's not our mission, it's God's mission, but what what is that? And I thought we'd actually start at the end of the Bible today. Um, I was really tempted to get us to start in Genesis, but I think we've done that quite a lot actually this um this series. And I thought let's let's not go back to Genesis 1 and 2 and 3. Um let's start at the end of the Bible. Um so we're actually going to be looking at Revelation, uh Revelation 21 and Revelation 22. And um Oz, I think you've got your Bible ready, right? Yep, that's fine. We can uh, find out what happens at the end of the story, like you say. Yeah. I'm up for that. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> and um, what I want us to be thinking, so me and you, and obviously if you're listening at home, um, what I want us to be thinking about as we read these passages is what does this tell us about what God wants for the earth? Because this, obviously this is this is the end. This is, you know, victory. God is, has defeated Satan, evil, everything. Like this is this is the end goal. Um, so what does God want for the earth? So um, Oz, can you read Revelation 21? one to four. Sure. Okay. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Amazing. And can you also read us uh, Revelation 22, 1 to 5? Sure. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. There will be not a need for the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Amazing. So, uh, Oz, what does this, yeah, yeah, let's just start there. What what do we learn from these passages about what God wants from the earth? Apart from, right, the fact that there will be no sea. Um, so you won't have to worry about swimming. Yes, There'll be no, no exactly. more swimming with dolphins. Because this is it. Actually, the sea is this chaotic kind of image in yeah. the Bible, isn't it, of uh, yeah. unknown uh, events. So, yes, there won't be. So what there will be, um, finish starting with that that second passage is a river, um, a mm. river uh, and a tree of life. This is a sort of picture of prosperity, um, life, uh, the presence of God, um, mm. symbolised through the throne and through the Lamb. 
um mm. can the we yield maybe, of fruit. yeah yeah i was gonna say maybe if we just like yeah um stop at that one like so god dwelling with us like that it mm. seems like a pretty significant thing um that he's he's there with us right yeah that's it and actually that that came up in the other passage too didn't it look god's dwelling mm. place is now among his people so god god wants to be with his people that's that the end mm. game is it yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I guess if you think back to uh, Genesis, where God is walking with Adam and Eve, and it's kind of like that real immediacy. And I think this is more of an immediacy than um, than even we see in like the Old Testament, where we get the glory of God in the temple. Like, yes, God was, there was a physical manifestation of God's glory there. But this is, I think, supposed to be something bigger than that, something like even more tangible, like we are fully fully living with god yeah definitely yeah and and we get little um uh, indicators of this throughout the bible don't we like you've mm, mentioned mm-hmm. even with jesus's thinking about mission the great commission and yeah i'll be with you to the end of the age um and and that that god not leaving us or forsaking us god, god being with us and actually the final fulfillment of that seems to be here with the new heavens and the new earth God with his people finally fully and um, that's pretty exciting mm. and and yeah and also just thinking I guess of that um that imagery of like a throne as well so it's not even just I haven't made that up right that's that's yeah, no, the bit right. you just read yeah <laughs> um for a second I was like have I made that up um yeah but this idea of God dwelling but he's dwelling as a king like that perfect sovereign king that is there that is tangible but actually is still a, a king and um I guess that means we're part of his kingdom. Like, yes. That is... And this city image as well, which is key for mm. a kingdom, isn't it? Um, the city, the capital, the place of honour, the place the king lives, and that's coming down. And this holy city, the presence of God with his people. So it's funny, isn't it? Because we go from a garden and there are garden images in that chapter 22, but there's yeah. also this city mm-hmm. image. And there's lots of examples of, destroyed cities in the bible and broken cities and captured cities but now we have a perfect holy city uh, that is also a good thing which often we might think is this man-made thing but actually here is very much god built and Mm. perfect and holy so a perfect flourishing city as well as a flourishing garden and tree and river yeah it's i think it's such a beautiful picture and the the other thing that i for me personally, as a very emotional person, as you well know, um, oh, um, the other thing that really, like, I love that picture of, of yeah, flourishing abundance gardens, but flourishing city, but I also love that picture of, like, no more, um, no more pain, like, he will wipe every tear from our eyes, um, and for me, that's something that's really meaningful, like, as, yeah, you know, when I struggle, I'm like, but it's, you know, it's going to get so much better, um, and yeah, this idea that there's no suffering in this, mm perfect um city garden as well yeah and there's a few no mores aren't there there's that no more curse as well which again going back to genesis the curse came well the curse is gone now that's been overcome there's no more darkness there's now the light Mm. of god that is enough we don't even need the the created sun as such um yeah and so lots of things are no more because there is this newness this new order uh renewal of this creation so how on earth do we get to that point that's the, that's well, yeah, where we are exactly, now isn't it exactly it's and, and I think just before we move on to that I just want to say also this so we've kind of talked on like two aspects this there's a real physical aspect of this um 
whether this is a vision that is like completely concrete, it is going to look exactly like that, or whether this is a vision that is more, I guess, abstract and, and um, I want to say theoretical, I'm not sure that's quite the word, but you know, like it's, yeah, it's sure. not exactly going to be this, but we can pull out the truth from it. Um, but either way, there's quite a physicality here, isn't there? To like it being a place, it's a new heavens and a new earth. This is not um, just us floating around, you know, this, there's a physicality, um, but there's also a spiritual dimension, isn't there, with God being with us um, and us praising and worshipping him. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I want to keep in mind, like a physical and spiritual um, perfection, I guess, is a good way of saying it. Um, I also, and I, I'm just throwing this in because it's about food, and as I'm sure people are starting to realise, I love food so much. <laughs> um, we also see another prophecy that talks about the kind of the end time in Isaiah 25. So um, Oz, do you mind just quickly f- um, flipping to Isaiah 25? Yep. Which verses would you like? Uh, six and nine, or six to nine, rather, not just six and nine. Okay, from verse six. On this mountain, mm-hmm. the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheets that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted him in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Mm. So as you can see, there's, it's in some ways very similar Um to that revelation 21 passage um and obviously i love it because it's it's salvation presented as a banquet as as a place for people to come and eat together um yeah i think there's there's one key bit in there and this is going to be a bit of a guessing game for us to see if he can work out where (laughs) i'm going um there's one key bit in there that i think is really worth highlighting um that I don't think was really mentioned in the other two. Actually, there's two things. Um, Oz, do you want to have a guess at what I might be getting at here? Well, yeah, I'm now not sure whether you're going on about food again, just to make the point that you like a nice oh, steak <laughs> and a nice and a nice red wine or something. I love um, a steak and a wine. But, yeah, you do. <laughs> but no, I, I um, maybe. So we've we've got a few things that definitely did come up, like the swallowing up of death and the wiping away mm. of tears. Uh, the last verse referred to that trusting in him being saved, um, mm. the joy of salvation. Is that one of them? Yes. So that is one. So um, this is the passage that talks about this future thing being salvation. And um, so this, yeah, this future uh, physical and spiritual perfection as being salvation. And I think that's such a key point. Um, and hopefully we're going to that's going to keep coming up in the session because um, for me, I grew up in a, uh, you know, like a kind of normal evangelical church background. It's quite similar to Barton. And if someone had said the word salvation to me about three or four years ago, I would have thought, oh, that's just about Jesus dying on the cross and me going to heaven when I die. Like, that's what salvation means. It just means being saved so I can go to heaven, like my individual soul. Um, and I think what we see here is actually quite different this idea of salvation is like the whole of creation being renewed like yes um because of jesus's death we we are saved for that definitely but it's not just about our souls this is about like the world being made perfect like 
a physical, a spiritual perfection. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really, really important part. Um, yeah, I, do you, any ideas what the other... The other oh, there was, was? A, a second one, wasn't there? I'm there racking my mind one. here. I'm not actually too sure. I could have a stab at the reference to a mountain or no, this no. shroud that enfolds. No, no tell enfolds, me. What does it enfold? It enfolds all people, so that all people... Yes. Yes, um, I and I, I wondered if you'd pick this out actually because um, obviously you love cross cultural mission, um, and so yeah. Do any, what does it mean like that? It enfolds all, all people in this all context? people, and there's a, a covering of all the sheet that covers all nations. So this shows that this plan of salvation is not just uh, for the whole physical aspect of the world, but also that all peoples. It's not just for the Jew. This is the Gentile. This is. Uh, universal for mankind yeah I mean yeah fantastic isn't it um we can I think as as Christians this should give us so much hope that even in the Old Testament um we see this picture of salvation being for for all peoples not just um the Jews mm. um yeah and obviously that is part of our mandate isn't it to go out and, and like you said with the Great Commission to go to a, to the ends of the earth um and sharing yeah. the good news. Yeah, I love that, um, that that short summary. I've probably said it to you in some intern session some years ago. Um, but the whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole world. Mm, and yeah. the wholeness of this. This isn't um, some of the church that are really keen. This isn't some of the gospel just the, you need your sins forgiven. <laughs> or, mm. oh, we'll just go to where it's really bad. Actually, this is up the the, yeah what we're gonna see isn't it as we work through this mm. subject yeah and and I think that does lead us on really nicely okay well how do we get to that future that perfect um perfect new heavens new earth um and and I think I want us to look at that by just kind of uh or yeah by thinking about the bible um and and just briefly going through we're not going to be able to go through in much um depth because we don't have enough time but going through and kind of seeing how God's mission this mission to to get back or to to get to this end point um can be seen just throughout the whole bible um and it's it's in the old testament it's in the new testament and we're going to focus a bit more on the new testament but uh, mission is there almost in every single page um because the whole of the bible tells about God's story um to redeem creation so uh, Oz, I mean, I know you you know quite a lot about this. Do you mind just giving us a few examples in the Old Testament of how we can see mission um, or where we see mission? Yeah, sure. I, I think one of the obvious places to start would be Genesis 12. So mm. um, following the, the creation accounts one and two and then the fall in chapter three and then this this progression of sin and wickedness through up to chapter 11 of Genesis it's all kind of seems to be going in the wrong direction. We have got the flood. Where's salvation? There just seems to be judgment. And yet a few are saved and God clearly has a plan to work through that. And then Abraham is called. And mm. and basically, I think, is often described as the first missionary because he's, he's called a man um, to, to go from his land, from his home, his father's um, home, and into a new land to be a blessing to not just some, but the nations. So, yeah, uh, Abraham is called in Genesis 12, 1 um, through to 3. And and it's said quite clearly that he would be, he would receive, he would be a, a father of many nations. He'd be a, um, receive a land. Uh, his name would be great. 
and it'd be a blessing to the nations. So there's this promise of something bigger and greater than he can ever imagine mm. through him. So Abraham is definitely the starting point. And I, I think we find throughout the New Testament lots of references back to that call of Abraham. Mm. Uh, and also throughout the rest of the Old T- Testament, the unfolding of that promise that is fulfilled progressively. Uh, and we see that through Abraham, uh, Isaac and Jacob in the, the patriarchs and the development of the people of Israel through Jacob mm-hmm. and the 12 sons. Um, but maybe just a few other specific examples could refer to Joseph when he ended up being taken as a slave by the Ishmaelites to Egypt, working for Pharaoh, but then as a as a Jew, essentially, um, as a part of the, the people of Jacob, he he um, had a positive impact on Egypt through getting that position of prime minister, um, essentially, and helping them overcome the famine. And so blessing for the people through food, through God's provision. Oh, so, yes. So, so God, God kind of you raised him to that position of authority, blessed him with wisdom and the gift of interpreting dreams and all the other things, organization, and and God used him mm-hmm. to be a blessing to not just his chosen people, but the nation of Egypt and the surrounding tribes and peoples. So that mm-hmm. being one example, and then maybe one more Jonah in the Old Testament, um, mm-hmm. the reluctant prophet and servant of God who resisted the call to go and proclaim good news, a message of repentance, really, to Nineveh, and in the end going to that distant land of people that were far from God, and yet God had a heart for, and many mm-hmm. repented and were saved. So we've got individuals that had a role in the Old Testament to mm-hmm. to, to share the, the blessing of God with those outside of the chosen people, but also mm-hmm. the people of God, Abraham, Israel to be a light to the nations yeah and I think that's a really interesting thing because like one of the first thing that um God does when he brings the Israelites out of Egypt and obviously that is the kind of the moment that they it's quite significant for them because then from that moment on they are a nation like in and of their own right and one of the first things he does is he gives them the law like he he gives them like these are these are the rules this is how you live as part of my nation as part of my kingdom and um yeah, obviously, as, as Christians today, we don't have to, to follow that because Jesus came to complete the law for us. But it is really interesting that, that that's the first thing he does. And um, in some ways, that is him, I guess, starting to establish, um, well, I guess maybe not starting, but establishing his his kingdom, like that that like perfect city, you know, kingdom that we're going to yeah. see in Revelation. Like that's starting um, back when he talks to Abraham, back when he brings the Israelites out and he says, this is how it you live as part of my kingdom um yeah and we get that. talking really fast today i'm so oh, sorry right. I'm well no it's because you've got so much good stuff to say that's fine just, cram it yeah. all in. Um, just taking that on yeah. from abraham mm. all the way up don't we, we get to king solomon maybe the height mm. of israel's you know the temples being mm-hmm. built the riches there's peace in the land finally here we go surely it's all done surely the omission of god has been achieved. The people yeah. are in a land. They're a great nation. They bring a blessing to the surrounding nations because we get the Queen of Sheba coming up and going, wow, mm. you're wise. Wow, your God is amazing. This And essentially worshipping um, mm. the, the, the Jewish God, um, the Israelite kind of nation are 
praised and she returns with in awe of the wisdom and the riches so you think well is that it but actually mm. there's so much more and we know that from that point it starts going <laughs> it goes rapidly downhill, downhill. <laughs> yeah but a light to the nations yeah Mm, yeah and I think that that does lead us on kind of nicely to the New Testament yeah because yeah you've got this height of Solomon and then it does go downhill because yeah that we're humans like the Israelites are humans they mess up they they turn away from God they're unfaithful and um more than ever it becomes apparent that like yeah God's people can't do it by themselves they need this um intercessor they need they need a Christ to to show us how to live God's um, way and how to live as part of that kingdom, but also to, you know, take that punishment, take take that weight of, of guilt for the things that we do do wrong. We need, we need someone else. Um, and of course, that brings us to Christ. That brings us to Jesus, the Messiah. And um, is obviously he is the, the key part of God's mission because he is, he is how God um, redeems all of creation so yeah let's let's chat about Jesus um so I do have right. a few a few verses um I mean I don't know actually maybe we'll just start and be like well okay what was what was Jesus's mission like what did Jesus come and, and proclaim I mean what comes to mind was when yeah when I asked that yeah when uh, and obviously we've got those messianic promises and prophecies mm-hmm. from the old testament mm-hmm. so the the context of the jewish people was an anticipation of one that was coming a servant of the lord yeah. uh, and then john the baptist turns up and like whoa is this him or uh, no he's pointing away from himself to jesus mm-hmm. um but one of the first passages that springs to my mind would probably be luke 4 and the nazarene manifesto and, that, and did, that's yeah. my first one of oh, course is it? That's oh, my okay. first Bible verse to look at. So yes, Excellent. let's chat about that. Mm-hmm. Um, want me to read, read it? it? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Be because I could try and do it um, up from my memory, but then that I'd get That might be quite wrong. fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. How well does Pastor Power know the Bible? Yeah. Um, Luke 4, 17 to 19, if you don't mind. So Jesus enters uh, synagogue and on the Sabbath day, he chose this passage and it says, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Yeah. And I think actually, if you don't mind just reading um, a little bit further on verse uh, chapter yeah. four as well, because I think it, I think Down it ties in nicely. Um, I was oh. just thinking maybe, yeah, like um, 42 to to 44. Oh, okay. Right. So just down yeah. to 42. Okay. Yeah. So at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And, yeah, and then he, he, he kept on, on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Yeah. So we have this um, picture that, that Jesus has very openly proclaimed, I am here to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And then he, he a bit before that, has gone back to Isaiah and he's, he's pulled out multiple things, that the spirit of the Lord is on him, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim fleet proclaim Proclaim. thank you freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free i mean this is a beautiful picture of god's kingdom isn't it oz 
It is. It really is. And this, again, shows us that the mission of God is beyond um, the, the salvation of us uh, from the, the sin in our heart. In that yeah. we're seeing here um, a mission of good news that touches the realities of a hard life, poverty, um, blindness, imprisonment, injustice. And uh, so wrapped up in the, the preaching of the good news which is that we need forgiveness for our sins, which is that mm. we, we have a hard heart of stone and need a new heart of flesh, and that we read all about that in the, the prophecies in the Old Testament too. But it connects with where people are at, and this this is a, a fuller gospel message than sometimes mm. we hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's, it's often a fuller gospel message than sometimes I reflect on, like in my own, I guess, if I'm praying, and it's, it's often quite... Um, I know we all fall, can fall into the temptation of just praying about myself and what I want and my sin, but actually, like, uh, yeah, we're called to look outwards, aren't we, and and see, um, I guess, the many ways actually the earth is is not perfect. The many, you know, injustices and corruptions and just suffering. I guess uh, whether that's caused by sin or natural causes, like God causes to see that. Um, obviously, we're we're called as followers of Christ to follow His example and to see that and to proclaim the good news um that you know god wants to heal that um yeah and and of course so jesus then goes on to teach us loads more about the the kingdom of heaven and what that looks like the whole of the sermon on the mount is is about how to live as part of that kingdom um how to yeah i guess follow god's rule on earth um and then we get this really um interesting idea of the kingdom of god being the now and the not yet so it being here in the present because jesus is um proclaiming well this is happening now and obviously as jesus goes he he heals he performs miracles like he with his actions um proclaims um i guess the things that we've just talked about the salvation being for the the soul but also for the the physical the body um but yet we're not quite at that place, are we? We're not quite at that perfect perfect um, kingdom garden that we see in Revelation. And it's it's quite a tricky one to get our heads around, isn't it? Oz? Yeah, because not everyone is healed and not yeah. everyone is alleviated from poverty and not everyone is set free from prison. And in fact, Jesus talks about you'll be hated for, for following me mm. and you'll be imprisoned mm. and you will. <laughs> Christians <laughs> die, are persecuted and live with... Um, terminal ill health so so we 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 do have that so that seems to be what we're saying is the mission of God um, is something that Jesus Jesus proclaims through the proclaiming the kingdom of God Mm. he invites us to be a part of of that Mm. Um, but actually until we, we reach the end point that we read in Revelation we are in this not quite yet um where where we see signs of the kingdom of the mission being accomplished, but mm. it's not, it, it's, so, so how do we do that? How do we understand mm. what has been achieved and what will be achieved? What's the, what, what, what's, where, how do we have hope that, that God's in control? How do we, do you know, they're the mm. questions that can mm. arise, can't mm. they? We're, we're in the not yet. How do we keep mm. going as Christians? Yeah. And I, I think part of that is, um, or part of the answer to that is understanding that, it's God's mission, but God is working it through us. And like, obviously, we've we've just kind of done a really quick sweep of the Bible and seen how God has been using humans um, for that mission. Um, 
but actually that obviously that continues like as we see the Jesus disciples following him at the early church and then of course down to us like actually the the kingdom hasn't completely come yet because God wants us to be a part of his mission he wants us to give him glory and bring him glory in that way um and of course we know that everything God does is is for his glory so we know that by using us by using human agency he is that's going to bring him you know infinite glory and we we can trust in that um and trust in the fact that we know that uh those promises um for uh, the future are certain they're not um like wishful thinking um so i thought maybe let's um let's spend a little bit of time thinking about like our call to then to serve god in his mission um again remembering that it is his mission it's not our mission um and so obviously you've already highlighted the great commission Oz um, we've mentioned a few things about it do you want to just quickly um maybe summarize the the great commission um yes yeah. yeah definitely so Jesus uh says that in authority that to go and make disciples of all mm. nations so we've got a mm. disciple making focus not just a convert mm. focus mm-hmm. um yeah. and that's often talk about talked about the emphasis is not not actually just on the go it's on the making disciples Um, although going does involve uh, is a reality for for a lot of mission world mission cross-cultural and and I think I read on that note that um you can also translate that as an as you go make disciples so it's less of a you have to go like you have to leave um go to another country but more of a as you go through life like as you move out um make disciples and of course that that encompasses all of it, doesn't it? Those of us who are staying more local, I guess, but those yes. who are also called to actually go. Um, I yes. don't want to make it sound like one's better than the other. I agree. It's a proactivity. Important. Yeah, proactivity, mm. uh, initiative, intentionality, all those things are linked to the word go rather than we've all got to be Abrahams and leave our homeland mm. mm-hmm. and go to an unknown foreign location that God mm. may or not may not clearly reveal to us. So, yes. Um, it says, in the authority of heaven and earth, it's the risen Lord Jesus, go, emphasis on making disciples um, of all nations, so those different mm-hmm. to us as well as those uh, that, that are of the Jewish heritage. This is spoken mm-hmm. to the Jewish disciples. Mm-hmm. Baptism being key, teaching mm-hmm. and obeying everything that Jesus is commanded, so through the, the teachings of Jesus and the apostles and the scriptures. So there's a discipling, teaching, um, and obeying lifestyle that comes out of disciple making. Mm, yeah. And obviously that's quite a task that we might be overwhelmed with. Um, but we do it because we've been commanded to do it, commissioned to do it, in the authority of the risen Lord Jesus. And thankfully, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I'm with you always. I'm going to bring it up if not. <laughs> Yeah, because obviously we don't, yeah, we don't do this by ourselves. It isn't like impossible. Um, and so not only has God called us to this, but God has given us the tools, the means um, and himself um, in us yes. to to help us to, to yeah, to do it. Um, and I just wondered maybe, can you think of, um, yeah, I guess maybe we talk about the, like the, the first, the early church and like how they lived this yeah. out. So, I mean, obviously we have the, the icons like Paul and Peter who, yeah kind of I guess were more like Abraham figures they weren't they went um to various places and preached and and yeah made disciples as they went um but I've also always been drawn to that that beautiful picture in um in I think it's Acts 2 
um, right at the end of Acts 2 where it talks about the the, the first um, believers kind of all living together, sharing their things, sharing their possessions. And as part of that, making sure that nobody goes hungry, um, that everyone's cared for. And it's kind of this idea of, it's a, <laughs> maybe a little bit like uh, socialism, but it's this kind of like <laughs> communal living that is... And they're living out God's kingdom. And and the really key point is that like hundreds and hundreds of people are added to their number because yeah. they are being like that beacon of light, living in God's kingdom. And it's it's attractive and it's caring. And it is, yeah, it's just such a, I guess, an attractive um, thing that people want to want to join it. Yes. And I think the book of Acts is a great place to start to really mm. understand the mission of God because it's mm. it, it, it's not prescribed it's described mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we get lots of different descriptions because people are different and contexts are different and so there's individuals that are saved Ethiopians and um, Asians and Europeans um, but also that the word of the gospel spreads through persecution and um, there are examples of healings and of miracles and of God's Holy Spirit guiding the apostles and the disciples and the early church. And so we get quite an amazing tapestry of examples of Mm. what it looks like to to live out the mission of God, to be people Mm. of the kingdom uh, Mm. in Jerusalem, in Judea, and also in Rome, ultimately, as well as Mm. all those different churches that were planted by the apostle Paul. Mm. Um, And that, yeah, go on. I was just gonna say, and we and we see that in the letters, don't we? Because I think um, the letters present these these little snapshots into these communities, into this um, group of people trying to be faithful to yeah God's calling, um, to to live in community with with one another. And yeah, actually, it's quite hard. Like I think that's that's the other thing is that um, we do see through through the letters that it's not easy like it is that it's got its challenges like we don't always get on there's disunity like um and obviously like God appointed Paul and Peter and, and some others to to kind of speak into that and to guide and um yeah but I just think they are yeah I, I love the letters for that snapshot yes. that they provide into like everyday Christian life is not just about the the big names who go around spreading but the the smaller communities I guess as well that's right a a couple Mm. of different women that argue and aren't quite on the same page and are called to (laughs) unity in Christ Mm -hmm. and the big issues of uh, the Israeli Italian believers in Rome and the the way that they need to unite in the same gospel and so actually these letters to Rome and Philippi uh, and other places are, are amazing because they they remind us that the church isn't meant to be perfect. Well, well mm. whilst that should be a Not, goal. Yeah. <laughs> Not at the moment. <laughs> um, it can't be. Yeah. It can't be. But in spite of a weak church that isn't as salty as it should be, not as bright as a light as it could be, that God works through weakness for his glory mm. and brings about the mission of God through through us and our failings. Um and that he is the head of the church, he loves the church and will use the church to reach reach um, those that don't know uh, the good news of the gospel and mm. to be a blessing in the places that the church is. So, yeah, I, I think that the, the letters are wonderful at that as they talk about uh, impacting the community that the churches are in. And and I think um, all of what you've you've just said, if you replace it with like God's people in, in Israel, that's the picture that we get of the Old Testament. Like, there's so much continuity here that actually it is 
God's people, whether that is Israel, whether that is the church, just trying to live out his kingdom, trying to share his good news with others. Um, and yes, yeah, as, as we kind of point out, we see that in the Old Testament, we see that in the New Testament. Um, and it is just, it's very consistently presented throughout the Bible. It's done in different ways, you know, this is this is thousands of years, this is different cultures, different contexts, there's different emphasis. But um, I guess if you, we go back to that kind of, um, that picture of, of, a, of a kingdom, of a garden, of abundance, of salvation being physical, spiritual, God dwelling. Like we have that the entire way through the Bible, like everything um, we've said. And I, I want to finish, um, well, I'm going to finish in a few ways, but just to sum up kind of, I guess, what, what we've explored. Um, I want to know a few things that Tom Wright um, in, I think it's the book Surprised by Hope, Really annoyingly, I haven't actually made a note of which book I've taken this from. So um, guys, just read all of Tom Wright's stuff and eventually you'll find this. I'm pretty sure it's um, Surprised by Hope. It's a brilliant book. And he he argues that salvation um, can be summed up in sort of these three things. So it's it's the whole humans, the whole of creation, not just souls. Um, so that's the physical, spiritual kind of element. Um, it's the present, not just the future. So that's thinking about, yeah, how we see God's kingdom here and now and not just um, at the end, and um, through what God does through us, and not just for us. We are called to participate in God's mission, um, to, to serve God in that way. It's not just about Jesus dying on the cross, oh, I'm saved. Um, and I, I think that's just a really, those three points um, we've kind of mentioned in different ways. I think that's a really great way of, of summing up how, yeah, we can be thinking about salvation, how we can thinking be thinking about um, the mission of God. Yeah, that's a really good and helpful reminder. So you're describing this as a word and deed thing and evangelism, yeah. a social action and intervention and justice thing. This is about God in saying, um, come and participate in my yeah. mission with me. Mm. Come and be partners and be a part of the amazing plans that I have for humanity um, mm. and the world. So, wow, that's that's amazing. Mm. What was the other thing you, you, you said you're going to yeah. finish? So yeah, so this is this is my helpful. last thing, <laughs> um, and this is a little bit of, of a little bit of history um, and a little bit of uh, I guess more systematic theology. Thought I'd throw it in there. Um, so the concept that we kind of been talking about today is is actually titled Missio Day, which means literally the mission of God. Hence why we've called it the mission of God. Um, but it is a, a like a theological concept, and um, it's interestingly not like as old as you might think. Um, so it kind of stemmed back from Barth, Karl Barth, um, very um, important theologian who was kind of writing in the 1800s. And he argued that the Trinity is, is missional, that the Trinity is inherently missional because the Father sends the Son and that they both send the Spirit. And this is something actually we look at in the, in the Trinity podcast, um, me and yours. Um, and God reveals himself to us through this mission of love. Um, and so we have this idea of the Trinity being missional um, and and the mission of God being what Missio Dei being kind of like what we've looked at. And um, this this term Missio Dei was kind of coined in 1952. So it is fairly like as a concept is quite recent, I guess. Mm. Um, and this kind of understood mission to be our participation in the sending of, of God's so God's mission. Um, and the really important thing is the church exists because there is mission. Um, so the church therefore represents God's. It's not just to save souls. So basically all of the stuff that we've kind of, we've been talking about, we've been touching upon. And this, um, 
basically we start to think about um, mission as as not a church-centered mission, but instead we think about church being centered around mission. So um, yeah, mission isn't centered around the individual churches, but actually church itself, the community is centered around mission, the mission of God, Missio Dei. And um, yeah, it's a really, um, yeah, that I mean, I just think it's such an important way of looking at it. And um, yeah, and just to finish, I guess, is, is to highlight that loads of people have done work on this, but one really important um, theologian who's worked in it is a guy called Bosch. I'd highly recommend um, his his books on mission and he kind of talks about how um evangelism is calling people to mission and service in in god's kingdom as part of the mission of god missy day and yeah he's he just really highlights the the local church as a really important um so not we're not just talking about the global church serving a missy day in the mission of god but we we needed to remember that the local church um is is key this is how the the, the mission of God works out um, as we participate in that in in the mission of the Trinity and in, in, in the Father's love for us in that way. Mm. That's amazing. And and I think that's so helpful. And if we sort of bring that into the local church context, not like, oh, let's mm. have a series of teaching on on mission. Um, mm-hmm. b- b- because actually on one level, it's not like uh, what does the Bible say about work? What does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about parenting or about you know any other t- the Bible is all about mission, therefore mm. the church is all about mission. Yeah. In fact, we the, the church's purpose is to be uh, all about mission because that's how God brings about his mission. So so mission is is a far bigger, it's not just a subcategory of mm, theology. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it is, the, it is it, what, yeah, go yeah. on, you summarise. You, you just can't, summar, you can't separate it from being a Christian, like, to be a Christian is to be intrinsically missional. This is is the at the core. I mean, it's at the heart of the Trinity. It's at the heart of how we understand God's love for us. It's at the heart of what church should be. Um, yeah, it is. It is almost synonymous with being a Christian. Um, and I think that's interesting because that's something that we we were thinking about when we think about why we were doing this podcast that's something actually that that kind of came up that to how to encourage and equip people to live or yeah I guess see um their Christianity as as missionality as as well um yeah and because like, yeah a couple of people have asked us about the name of the the podcast yes they have haven't they explain yeah I'll, I'll explain that definitely um so so postcards from Antioch where on earth does that come from is that just a random place that I think might be in Acts 13 and well Acts 11 and 13 and well yeah so we were thinking how do we appropriately we want it to reflect something of what it's about but not in a cheesy Christian way which so often happens Mm. um so the the whole concept really is that I mean Antioch itself was a place uh, where the church grew up in in chapter 11 and 13 under the ministry of 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 Christians or that scattered due to persecution moved up took the gospel with them shared with cross-culturally um, rather than within the same ethnic group um, not only that but Barnabas was sent up from the church in Jerusalem to go and check it out he was amazed at the way that organically the church was growing there without the the lead of the apostles um, and then he also invited Paul the apostle Paul to come and 
support um, and encourage the church. And they spent a couple of years teaching, training. And what developed was a, a great church doing mission um, because it was all about mission. It had that in its DNA. It was uh, speaking the gospel. It was living out the gospel through meeting the needs within the city by caring for those who had less, by contributing to the poorer Christians uh, in, in Jerusalem and Judea. And then became a, uh, the launch pad for global mission, sending out Paul and Barnabas on a missionary journey. And so we've got an an amazing example of what a church should be in Antioch. And so uh, it, it really was a game changer for that point in the history of the early church. So what a what better example to use than that? Postcards, well, we're doing this in a dialogical kind of sense. Um, and we're, 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 we're kind of beginning the conversation. This isn't a heavy lecture, hopefully. This is something that's a conversation starter on key theolo- theological topics. So postcards from Antioch. Imagine mm. you're sat in Antioch with James, Nicole and myself and any other guests that we have talking about um, the mission of God. Mm. There we go. That's a bit I, behind the name. I wanted to call it Antioch Jelly Babies. But that, that, unsurprisingly, I think probably to a lot of people <laughs> did not catch on and was vetoed, I think, by both James and us. <laughs> yeah, there we are. Um, lots of any other name suggestions for future series? Welcome. But um, that's where thank you, Nicole, so much. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, from the end of the Bible to the start, the middle and uh, various other portions, but really helpful insights. Thanks for the time you've spent preparing that. And thank you to everybody who's listened today to our episode on the mission of God. We hope you have a good week and we hope that you'll join us next week for our next uh, in the series. Uh, So from us here at Postcards from Antioch, thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.